Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Friday edition, fantastic Friday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. So you know what's going to be going down today. I ain't going to be joined by Matt Lowe in just a few moments from Philadelphia Media, and we're going to go over all the big college football games for Saturday. We will discuss Auburn playing LSU, Alabama playing Arkansas, Troy playing Army, Florida State playing Syracuse, but also most of the SEC games, we left out Georgia Vanderbilt. Didn't feel the need picking that one. We know where that one's going. We will go nationally with some picks, too, as well. We will be picking Oregon-Washington, USC-Notre Dame. And we'll also be talking about North Carolina-Miami. Uh, so a lot of uh, cool stuff to go through there uh, with Matt on today's show. But for jo- jumping in that with Matt, I'm going to go over the high school football schedule for tonight. A bunch of interesting games going on in the Wiregrass. Uh, first up, 7A Region 2. Of course, you'll be able to listen to this game over on 96.9 The Legend with pregame starting at 645. Dothan will be traveling to take on Enterprise. Dothan's been on a long road trip. They go into their off week next week, and they'll be on the road the following week at Opelika. But a little bit closer, so Dothan have a lot more of the home fans in attendance when they travel, like I said, to play at Enterprise in a big rivalry game, big 7A Region 2 game. Now we're kind of looking at stuff uh, from playoff implications and stuff like that. In 5A Region 2, Carroll will be at Headland. Uh, that should be a fun one, a good quarterback battle in that one. You follow at Charles Henderson. Charles Henderson trying to rebound from an upset defeat against Rehoboth last week. You follow is coming off that thrilling victory over Rehoboth. Uh, over Carroll last week. Rehoboth at 3-3 three and three will be at Greenville, who's 1-5. 4A Region 2, Andalusia 7-0 will be at 1-5 Slocum. 2-5 Geneva will be at 2-5 Dale County. Daleville 2-5 will be at Op tonight. That should be a interesting and a good one. Uh, Pike County at 3-3 three three will be at 4-2 Providence Christian. 5-1 Strawn at 1-5 New Brighton. And then 2-4 Northside Methodist at 5-1 Houston Academy. I would say probably the best matchup there would be Pike County and Providence Christian uh, in that matchup. Then the 2A Region 2, Ayrton will be at Abbeville. Ayrton 3-4, Abbeville 1-6. This is the matchup, the big matchup in 2A Region 2. Really could decide things down the road for who wins this region. 5-0 Cottonwood will be at 5-0 GW Long, but GW Long's loss was in I got tongue-tied there. Uh, it's early in the morning, guys. Uh, GW Long 5-1 in their one loss is out of region, so they're undefeated in region play, just like Cottonwood. Uh, Zion Chapel will be at Geneva County, and then one and five Sampson will be at three and three Wicksburg. Two A Region Three, Barber County one and five will be at seven zero Highland Home, and then five and two Goshen will be at six and one Laverne. Uh, that should be an interesting matchup in Two A Region Three, and then in One A Region Two. Farrell will be at four and two. McKenzie Farrell was five and one. But here's the matchup. This is probably the best matchup here. Could decide this region. Six and one Georgiana will be at six and zero oh, Elba. And then you've got Pleasant Home at one and five. 
they are playing at Houston County, who's two and five, and then in AISA, zero and seven, Coosa Valley Christian at one and six, Abbeville Christian. So that is your matchups for tonight in high school football. Of course, we will recap those big games and talk about it on Monday show next week. The voice of the Dothan Wolves, Jerry Coleman, is scheduled to join us. So, anyways, let's jump into it. Uh, here is my conversation with Matt Lowe, as always. He joins me every Friday as we pick and look at these games, and then I will close it up after that. Here you go. All right, buddy. It is Friday. You know what that means. It is time for the Friday Lowdown, and we are joined, as always, by Matt Lowe. Check them out over at Field Level Media. We're going to preview the big games in college football in Week 7. And, Matt, how's it going? Uh, how's your week been? It's good, man. Been busy. About to go uh, do some football stuff with my kids. So excited about that. But been going good, man. Uh, about to be a huge weekend of college football, I think. We're going to, we're going to really start getting to the nitty-gritty of who's tough and who's not. But then again, it also goes back to what we've been talking about the how unpredictable things are, like Miami losing to Georgia Tech, you know, and uh, what happened there, I have no idea. But, you know, and so it's, it's a lot of good games this week. Yeah, I, I saw that Saturday. I had it on one of my screens, and I was like, take a knee. I mean, the game is over if you take a knee. It did. Hey, props to Georgia. You know, I think everybody's been focusing that, you know, Miami blowing that. Props to Georgia Tech for making the plays to get down there to win the game. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, Van Dyke, I think he threw three interceptions. So that's a anytime you do that, that's a that's a cause for concern. Yeah, I thought maybe he had turned turned it back. You know, last year he had a rough year. He didn't live up to kind of what those preseason expectations that he had. And then this year he played he played great against Texas A&M when they played earlier in the season. But then, yeah, he had a bad he had a bad game. Three turnovers against Miami. So, uh, anything else from last week really stand out? So, you know, I've talked about this stuff all week. What happened last week? But uh, any anything else stick out to you from last week? Well, Georgia looked like Georgia, and I I, I talked to you about that. I, I figured Kirby was going to get on them pretty good, and they looked like the team that I think everybody's thought they would be. Uh, didn't know what Eli Drinkwitz was thinking going forward on fourth and 34 in his own territory when he had three timeouts. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Alabama looks, you know, looks like they're really hitting stride, you know, and that was a good, good ball game. But, but I'm uh, really excited for these games this weekend. I think, you know, Oregon Washington is probably the, the top one, but, you know, both those teams scoring about 50 points a game. So it should be an interesting week. Yeah, it should be. We got some interesting games outside the SEC. We, we usually maybe pick one or two. We got like three of them I picked out that are, you know, outside the SEC other than, you know, Florida State and Troy, of course, as we always uh, pick those games too as well. Let's kick that thing off with Florida State. They will be hosting Syracuse, who's 4-2, but 0-2 in conference, lost the last two games to Clemson, 31-14, to and lost to North Carolina, 40-7. to uh, they play, like I said, at number four, Florida State. Florida State's 5-0, 3-0 conference. Uh, Florida State's a 17.5-point favorite. Over-under is 56. This is 11 a.m. on ABC. You know, Matt, I really liked that Florida State got the run game going last week against Virginia Tech. There were, st there were still moments where Florida State, I think, let Virginia Tech stay in the game longer than they should have. Coming out of halftime, they returned a kickoff. It was 22-17. Florida State pulls away, so still yet to see that full four-quarter football game for them. 
But they got that run game going in that one, Trey Benson. He had around 200 yards. Yeah, and, and like we talked about last week, we thought he'd have a big game. Virginia Tech's run defense wasn't really good. Uh, but Johnny Wilson finally got on, you know, got there caught a couple I thought about there. you. I saw I saw him get that score. I thought, I said, Matt's going to be happy right now. I just knew yeah. it. I just knew it. Yeah, he's just too – He's just too good of a player not to be scoring touchdowns. I mean, he's so big. I mean, and mm-hmm. but I mean, Florida State's averaging forty-two point four points per game, which is six in the country. So I, I think Syracuse looks like they're kind of spiraling down. So I, I think FSU wins this game pretty big. I do too, but I will say this: I was looking at the stats. Syracuse is fifth in the ACC against run, only allowing 114 yards per game. So we'll see if Florida State can keep that going, stay dedicated to that run game. Now Jordan Travis didn't have to do much last week. Maybe have to do a little bit more by Grugia. Florida State's too good; they're too talented. It's probably this is you're probably looking at a 20 point ball game here. So, uh, but just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Syracuse can live up to that with the, the run. They've been blown out the last two games by other ACC foes, one that Florida State's then beat, and we all probably agree that Florida State's better than North Carolina. Right, we'll we'll see about that. I think they got probably got a little bit more talent, but uh, we'll see about that moving forward. I, I'm interested to see how North Carolina plays this weekend. Yeah, we'll get to that one in just a little bit. Arkansas at two and four, zero oh and three. I think they're staring at uh, two and five right in the face. Their fifth straight loss. They play at number eleven Alabama, eleven a.m. eleven a.m. kicker. We don't get a lot of Alabama at home SEC eleven a.m. kickoffs, but we're getting to that in this one. This will be on ESPN. Alabama is favored by 20. The over-under, 46-and-a-half. I'll let you start this one, Matt, but I'll just say this. Arkansas's offensive line is not good. It's horrible. Yeah, and and their secondary isn't very good either. But the thing about Arkansas, they're capable. You know, like they gave Ole Miss a good game. I mean, gave LSU a good game. Should have beaten BYU. I mean, it's just, you know, but. Alabama seems to me, Jalen Miller has looked really comfortable the last couple of weeks. And I thought Mm -hmm. that took a lot of poise, how they handled that game last weekend in a hostile environment. They came back, you know, I mean, the one thing that I'm noticing, though, with Bama that that they don't really seem to have a big play running back, you know, and that kind of they 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 grind it out, but they just don't seem like they got that big time home run hitter at. At, at running back, and I'll be interested to see this this second part of the season if, if Saban tries to find, you know, some some new guys to to play back there that can possibly bust one 60, 70 yards. McClellan's a good running back. He's a power back though. He's not really that home run hitter. So that's that's one thing I'm looking to see how Alabama uh, adjusts with that. But you know, their defense is playing well. Uh, and I think they're just going to get better on that side of the ball as the, as the season progresses. But, I mean, I think Arkansas is a capable team, and I don't think they, they're going to win this weekend, but I do think they could give Alabama some problems if their offense is clicking. Yeah, and you look at Arkansas, again, we talked about this last week. Somehow they're always, like, in the top five in the SEC in sacks. And what is one of Alabama's weaknesses offensively is, look, we'll see how the offensive line does. They struggled in the first half against a and five sacks yes. on Jalen Miro. And you're right, the run game was not there last week for Alabama against a and But Jalen Miro, 21 of 33, 321, three touchdowns. He had the one interception. He's Jerrain Burton. I mean, he had the fumble late that took some potential points away from Alabama. 
he played big, and that's something Alabama's needed. They needed one of these receivers to step up. I feel like him and Isaiah Bond really did that last week. I want to see if that continues. So those two guys continue. We're not going to compare them to the receivers they've had in the past. Remember that one time they had Ford, it all went to the NFL. Several, you know, what Ohio State's doing now, Alabama was doing that with wide receivers. But I want to see if they got that consistency. If they find that with those two receivers, I think Alabama's offense can kind of take a next uh, next step. Well, I, I think if you take away Burton off this team, they might have a, another loss or, or so, you know, because he's made big plays in, in key times. I mean, he's got behind the defense some, and he makes tough catches. I mean, he'll 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 take he'll catch a ball and he'll take a lick. I mean, he gets right up. So he's been a real big part of their passing game. Yeah, he has, and look, the the defense. I think the defense is going to feast on KJ Jefferson in this game. Uh, they cannot, and Arkansas is the third worst run offense in the SEC. And the last two weeks, Rocket Sanders is back. I mean, maybe it's still he's still banged up, but they haven't been able to get him going either. It's just, I don't know. I kind of wonder does some pressure start being put on Sam Pittman? I don't know about that. I mean, just because of how bad the program was before he got yeah. there. You know, but uh, and and once again, they 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 should have two more wins under their belt, and they're turned into losses. You know, just penalties and mistakes. So I don't think the pressure is going to be put on him yet. I mean, I just they just you know they lost some good players on defense, and I just don't think they've really recovered there. Yeah. So uh, we both got Alabama on that one. We both got Florida yes. State before. Maybe this next one we'll we'll split. Number eight, we're jumping out of the SEC. We're going out west. Number eight, Oregon, who's 5-0. At number seven, Washington, who's also 5-0. This is 2.30 on ABC. Washington's a three-point favorite. Feels like that's just him giving the edge to the home team here. The over-under is 67. So, they're they're expecting a lot of points here. And why not? You got Bo Nix versus Michael Penix. And this is a tough one, man. I don't – I'm still – as we're doing this right now, I don't really know who I want to go with. Part of me. Wants to go with Oregon. I really like what Bo Nix is doing. And check this out. Oregon has the number two defense in the Pac-12. We don't hear a lot about their defense. We all hear about the offense. But what are your thoughts on this game? Well, both of them play pretty good defense. I think Oregon's only allowing 11 points per game, and that's that's fifth in the country. And Washington's allowing 18, which is, I think, 20-something in the country. Uh, so it might be a little bit lower scoring game than people think. Uh, I heard an ESPN guy that watching the game the other night say the first one to 50 wins, but I, I don't I don't know if there'll be that much scoring in this game. And I think a little bit of rain is expected in the forecast, so that could change from tomorrow. But uh, I, this is a it is a tough one to call. I kind of like Oregon. Just everybody's talking about Washington, you know. Uh, and, and buddy, they, I, you know, when I watched them against, I think it was Arizona State. I don't know if that's right or not, but whoever they played, in, but uh, I, I, I'm, I like Oregon to go in there and pull the upset. No, I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna go Washington. Uh, I've liked them, and I feel like this is the home team. And Michael Penix, I think this is a big opportunity for him. We, he's his name is up there in the Heisman, but I really think for him, this is this is big. I mean, Bo Nix's name's out there, we know what he's about. The other quarterbacks there in the Pac-12. I think this is a showcase opportunity for Michael Penix because you know it's easy for any t- 
quarterback or player or team on the West Coast to kind of get overlooked a little bit. So I kind of looking for him to have a big show in this one. And uh, so I'm I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Washington, but this is one you, it, it's hard to pick. It can we know this one can go either way. And you're right. I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game as people think because you know usually when we get teased with that, it doesn't happen. It ends up being right. like a defensive football game. And honestly, this could be a deal where both coaches try to play it a little bit conservative too. Be like, this is a bigger game. We don't need to make mistakes. Look, Dan Lanning comes from that Kirby Smart, Nick Saban tree. And these kind of games, yep. that's kind of what they do anyways. So, I, you know, I, th- I think honestly, the 67, I don't even think it hit, they hit it. I think both teams stay in the 20s in this one too. Yeah, and I, when I watched Washington, it was against Cal. That's when they destroyed Cal. That's who it was. It wasn't Arizona State, but – yeah, you're right. I mean, and and especially if weather's in, in the play. I mean, both these yeah. teams like to run the football. I mean, and and I, I think both of them are going to want to establish the run because uh, both teams are pretty good at getting to the quarterback too. Yeah, that too. So uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, SEC back over to it. Uh, Texas A&M at four and two will be at number nineteen. Tennessee's four and one, two thirty. On CBS, Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think another situation we're just giving the edge to the home team here. Over-under is 55. It kind of feels like Tennessee, you know, since the loss to Florida, it's kind of been hidden to a degree. We haven't really seen much of them. They haven't really been out in front. They haven't been in big games. So this is kind of their chance to be kind of get put back into the national spotlight in the national audience. But you know what? I think Texas A&M, I'm going, I, I think AM is going to win this game because I think their front is going to get after Joe Milton. And I think Joe Milton's going to speed up with his throws. He's going to overthrow. He's going to have some interceptions. And AM wants to run the ball too. And Anaya Smith, I think he's going to go off. I think he will. I think one, don't punt the ball to the man. That's number one. Right. <laughs> uh, Alabama found out about that. Uh, we, we saw it against Arkansas before. I think he has a big punt return. I think AM runs the ball. Max Johnson makes enough throws. And I think that defense is going to get a lot of pressure on Milton. So I'm actually I'm going to pick AM on this one. Well, I'm, I'm I think I'm going to go opposite of you here. I, I, I just I'm going to be interested to see how Texas AM responds after that bit. That's a big loss. Losing to Bama, I mean, like that. And 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 I think Tennessee, that's a their crowd's going to be into it. Tennessee's defense is playing pretty good, allowing about 17 points per game. Uh, Brew McCoy being out is, is a big loss to Tennessee, but Squirrel Wright is Squirrel Wright. Good name right there. Has uh, stepped Great up and really, yeah, uh, really stepped up and started playing well. I think this is a game where Milton will play well. I know sometimes in the past he's been uh, kind of interception prone in big games, but I think Tennessee plays well here, and I think they, I think they get A and M in a tight game. So we said the, um, the the name Texas, and we said UT. We didn't talk about it in the open, so I got to do it real quickly, really, before we jump to the next game. OU and Texas. I want to get your thoughts because here was mine. I don't think Texas played their best game last week. I think Quinn Ewers kind of reverted to last year. He made some mistakes, some bad throws, and a fumble, and they had the all the touchdown on the one yard line. Does that does that make you think? Texas isn't back, or do you think that was just a great win by Oklahoma and Texas just made mistakes? I, I mean, I, it was just – I think it was a great win by Oklahoma. I mean, that was a heck of a performance, you know. But, uh, 
it, it goes to show too, man, that when that pressure gets on you about being, you know, that in the college football playoff and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that it can wear on you, you know, and I think Oklahoma kind of ambushed them. I mean, what that what was that game last year, like 49 and nothing? Yeah, there was pride involved in that too, you know, and uh, Dylan Gabriel didn't play in the game last year because he got hurt. Well, um, what a game he played, I tell you that. I mean, and he he, he was lights out. He was lights out. I mean, running and throwing. I mean, and and uh, little um, Stoops' son played really good in that game. Made some big plays, and uh, you know, it just that game is always a good game. Like last year, it was just such an anomaly, you know. But uh, I, it was a it was a terrific game. I watched that pretty much from start to finish. Yeah, I did too. I did too as well. So uh just had to had to bring that one up a little bit. So that was uh let's go back to the games. Uh Troy is playing at Army, four and two Trojans, uh Army two and three, two thirty on the CBS Sports Network. Troy is a four and a half point favorite. The over under is forty three points. So they're not expecting a lot of points, which it was like a 10-7 game last year when they played. That was a game Carlton Marshall broke the record uh for tackles all time FBS. Troy's Kamani Vidal. He had over 200 yards last week against Arkansas State. Now, he is the leading rusher in FBS with 835 yards. He has six touchdowns on the year. But I don't think he's going to get as many yards. Army is going to try to keep the ball. And, and I, I was talking to somebody that covers Troy down here, Dozen John Johnson, the other day here on the show. And he was talking about Army, the way their offense runs, they're going to keep the ball away as you, you know, chew at the clock and stuff. With the new rules in college football, they can take advantage of that even more if they've got that option game going. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this one? Well, Troy's obviously figured something out on defense. I mean, they've only given up, what, 10 points the last two games. I mean, and you got that running game going with Vidal and Gunnar Watson's a veteran quarterback there. And, and uh, the thing with Army here, Army kind of goes the way – they play pretty solid defense. But they kind of go the way Bryson Daly, their quarterback, goes. If he if he turns the ball over, they usually lose. But if he 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 doesn't do that and he can get his yards in the air and on the ground, they're they're a pretty tough opponent. I mean, it's up there. You got to travel up there. Weather might come into play. Uh, but I like Troy here. I like the way they're playing. I, I think they're playing good football right now. Yeah, I think it'll be- probably be like tw- twenty four to seventeen, something like that. Yeah, it's it's. I don't see a lot of points, and I don't think got a Watson and Troy's receivers have stepped up. I mean, I, I, Matt, every week one of them is catching a one-handed pass. I think the Chris Lewis was doing it for a few weeks, and now every Troy receiver wants to do it. Uh, but yeah, they they've got it figured out defense. Javon Solomon is second in the Sun Belt and sacks, but this game, he's pretty much not gonna have much opportunity. I'm gonna kind of see how his game is too. You know, you're you're mainly a sack guy. So now he's good in other areas on their defense, but now you're going to pick as a team that hardly ever throws the ball. So what's your what's your what's your motivation? What's your your uh, intent, and what are you focused on on that? So that's going to be I got Troy too, but it, it's a it's a fun matchup, especially you're not used to seeing this kind of team either. Anymore. No, no, because at no. least used to Georgia Southern brought this, but now they don't do it because Helton now has them throwing the ball all over the place, running a pro style offense. So now you're playing Army. Yeah, you played them last year, but you know how it is. When we see teams that you're not used to playing this style of offense, assignment football is key, and a lot sometimes teams have trouble with that. It's an adjustment when you go up against teams with a triple option. 
Yes, it is. And I, I remember that just from when I played in high school. I mean, it was uh, we, we team Pelham up here. They would run like the the the, the option, and it would it would you'd have to get reforming. You know, a couple of days, and you and it was. You'd have to turn your back to make sure you wouldn't get cracked back. I mean, it was just a lot of things you had to get ready for. And and that's that's one thing Army always has in its favor on, on you know, when teams don't have a lot of time to prepare for them. Yeah, it's one thing if you're open with them. And you remember when Navy was doing really well, but it seemed like Navy didn't always do great that first game of the year or in their bowl game. But rest of the year, they were pretty solid. But uh, Back into the SEC, we'll jump into it with a Florida 4-2 at 2-3 and three South Carolina, 2-30 on the SEC Network. South Carolina is a two-point favorite. We're seeing a lot of where the home teams are barely favored in these games. So there's a lot of games this weekend the odds makers think are toss-ups because if they're that close, you know they're just favoring home team. The over-under is 51.5. I think this is a big game for South Carolina and Beamer. They can't really go 2-4. and four. They need to get this win because then you start looking. It's okay. Where they, where's six wins at? Where are they going to get bowl eligible? Florida, they're not as good away from Gainesville. Well, when they're on the road, they're not as good. We've seen that now. When they're at home, the offense is humming. Um, I'm going to go with South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to bring it. South Carolina can't run the ball, so they're going to see all the Spencer Rattler show and the number four ranked pass offense in the SEC. But I think South Carolina gets this one. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Florida here. I, I just – Although South Carolina is coming off a of bye week, which that's always that's always a big deal, you know, because your guys got fresh legs. But I, I like that Florida ground attack. I mean, Montreal Johnson had a big game last week. Florida's still playing pretty good defensively, mm-hmm. you know. And, and South Carolina, they're just so unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get out of them on on a week to week basis. I mean, they got killed by North Carolina. Tennessee killed them. I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Gators here to go in there and steal a win, and, and Florida's still in the SEC East race. I mean, I, they're not gonna win it, but but they're still in the race. I mean, because well, they play Georgia next week, right? It's coming up. Uh, yeah. So they always have a week, week off before that game. So let's see, next week would be the 22nd. So we're probably the 21st. So we're looking probably at the 28th. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming up here soon. Yeah, so I like how you did that. You gave them, you gave them hope, and then you pulled the rug out from under them. It says yes, they're still in the race, but they're not going to yeah. win it. <laughs> no. <clears throat> you know, I gotta say this. You know how you got on to me, or didn't get on to, me, but you mentioned my my guy Jackson Dart last week. I gotta uh, admit something. I think Graham Mertz has not played horrible. I, that's another quarterback yeah. I wasn't was not high on because this is what I saw at Wisconsin. He had. I don't really think he's had a game where you can say he calls Florida the game. He he's played well. He's top five in the SEC. I just wanted to say that if we have any Florida fans listening, that I I see Graham Mertz, I see he's playing well. Yeah, he is. I mean, and, and when he, they need him to play well, but uh, I, I'm just I, I don't. South Carolina's burned me a couple of times this year, so I'm gonna go to the Gators. All right, so now we're gonna jump into. Auburn at three and two, zero and two in the conference at the best offense in the SEC, but probably the worst defense at number twenty-two LSU, four and two, three and one in conference. Six o'clock on ESPN, so it's at night in Baton Rouge. Uh, everybody knows what, that, what going down there. LSU is an eleven-point favorite. Over under is sixty-one. This is what's funny about this, Matt. It's weakness versus weakness. It's the Auburn offense versus the LSU defense. Which one? We'll step up. I'm going to let you lead this one off. Well, 
I think you're going to see a little bit more Kedrick Falk on the defensive line for Auburn with Masai Nasili Kite out for the year. I think Falk, I mean, he was a five-star recruit, the 6'5", 280 pounds. I think he can give them a dynamic there as a pass rusher that they don't really have on the line. And I, I think the kid needs to play a little bit more personally, but uh, because if you can't get the pass rush to Jaden Daniels, they're going to burn you alive in the passing game. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it, Auburn in, in this game, it's going to be interesting to see how Hugh Freeze, if he calls plays again, which I'm, I'm assuming he will. You know, they've had two weeks to prepare for him. Uh, I think Auburn's got to run the ball. and But I also think that they, they got to pass the ball a little bit more, too. I mean, and some guys need to step up for them at receiver. You know, uh, I think Rivaldo Fairweather, that guy kind of like Brock Byers, he needs to get the ball like at least 10 times a game. He's just he's just too big and dynamic of a player not to. But when they're throwing these back shoulder throws, guys got to start catching the ball, you know, in, in big games. So I, something's telling me this is going to be a good game. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say Auburn's going to go in there and win, but I, I think Auburn's going to give them a pretty good game just because LSU's defense is terrible. And, and, and Missouri ran on them pretty good last week. So I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I think uh, LSU's going to pull it out. Yeah, um, I'm going with LSU, too. And I think it's going to be key for Auburn, like you said, run the ball, time of possession. What early on, get a score up, a, a touchdown, preferably. Get that LSU crowd out of it. Do not – if you win the coin toss, Auburn, I take the ball because you need to go down there and score. Because if LSU gets the ball first and they march the ball down the field with Jaden Daniels and, I mean, with what they got with Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, that receiver uh, – I mean, those are two NFL guys. I mean, in the emergence of Thomas at receiver has even made this offense even more dangerous. Um, that's the key for Auburn. I think it's I, I agree with you. I don't I think it's closer than what they think it's going to be. But yeah, I got LSU and, and Jaden Daniels. If he keeps playing while he's playing, man, I don't care how many losses LSU ends up with at the end of the year. He needs to be up for Heisman, top five, top three, whatever. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, it's incredible what he's doing. The improvement he's made from last year to this year, tremendous. He looks like a step faster, too, to me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is. He just looks like he's faster than he was. But Auburn's linebackers are going to really have to play well in this game. And I, I think Auburn's got the defensive backs to kind of match up with them. But uh, they're going to have to stop him from the runs. If they can limit him on the ground to maybe under 20 yards, that would be a big win. Yeah, it would. It would. And uh, next up, we're going to go back outside of the SEC for the next two games. Uh, number 10, USC, another team that can't play defense. At 6-0, is playing at 21, Notre Dame, 5-2. Notre Dame's probably tired of these big games. It's been week after week. For, it's been a grind for Notre Dame. 6.30 over on NBC. Notre Dame is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 60-and-a-half. This is probably the best defense USC has played all year. Notre Dame's going to play defense. I mean, they play well defensively in all these games, even the losses. And then I'm kind of wondering if Sam Hartman going to have a big game here. But going up against Caleb Williams, keeping the pressure on USC to have to score every time, which pretty much feels like that's the case. Uh, who do you like in this one? I like Notre Dame. Uh, just because, I mean, it's a night game in South Bend. Sam Hartman's been playing well. Uh, and look, USC, I think they lead the country in scoring. But their defense is terrible. I mean, kind of like 
I, I, I don't know. And Arizona almost got them last week. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just, I just, I mean, Notre Dame can play some defense a little bit. So I like the Irish to pull. I like the, are they. Are the, who's is who's favored? Notre Dame's favored by two and a half. Yeah. I like Notre Dame probably like a touchdown. I th- I think I think they're going to hold them down a little bit. You know, if this was any other year with Notre Dame, I would probably pick USC, but because they have Sam Hartman, they've got a a dude at quarterback. So they yeah. if this does get into a back and forth game, they have the capability with the quarterback they have now in in the Notre Dame defense. I, I like Notre Dame too. I think it's going to be a fun. I think it's going to be a close game, and uh, I'll be watching Auburn LSU, of course covering it for last world of college football. But uh, I'll be keeping my eyes on this one, too. Now, we mentioned this team earlier. Uh, number 25, Miami at 4-1. 0-1 in, in ACC play with that Georgia Tech loss. They will be at number 12, North Carolina. 5-0, 2-0 in ACC play. 6-30 on ABC. North Carolina is a three-and-a-half point favorite here. The over-under is 58. You know, this is one of these games, too. Everybody's dogging Miami this week because of what Cristobal didn't do, didn't take the knee. And then you look at North Carolina, outside of the App State close game, they've been pretty solid all year. Uh, Drake May, uh, they got the receiver back. That, you know, NCAA finally gave him, you know, the waiver. He's going to be playing and all that stuff. I think North Carolina wins this one by a couple touchdowns. But I do want to see, was last week just a blip, or is that who Miami is? And they've kind of reverted back to last year's team. I agree. I mean, like we talked about earlier, your quarterback can't throw three interceptions. I mean, that goes for any team. I mean, you can't have that many mistakes and expect to win games. I mean, and Drake May, man, this dude, that kid can ball. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the Tar Heels under Gene Chizik, they're playing good defense too. I mean, and he he's always good at scheming up uh, teams. So, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like North Carolina there. I, I like something like – 34 to 17, something like that. Yeah, because you, you can't turn them. It's one thing to turn the ball over to Georgia Tech. No disrespect to Georgia Tech, but they don't have the quarterback on the other side that's Drake May. You start giving Drake May extra possessions, he's going to burn you. And the thing is with him, he's a great passer. But if, if he has to, he puts the ball down and runs with it. He's just as dangerous running as he is throwing it. Yeah, and he – He's really good outside of the pocket too. I mean, when he's when he's out of the pocket and looking downfield, I mean, he makes some tremendous throws. And in the final game, we're going to look at uh, Missouri at five and one, one and one. They will be at number twenty-four, Kentucky. I don't know if Kentucky should still be ranked after last week, but that is what it is. Uh, Kentucky's five and one, six thirty on the SEC Network. Kentucky's two and a half point favorite, fifty-one and a half the over under. I don't know. And Mark Stoops is in the news, uh, accusing Georgia of buying players uh, with the NIL. He basically on his coaches show Thursday uh, this week uh, talked about, hey, if you want us to be as good as Georgia, you might want to donate some more money. Uh, Kirby was asked about it. He said, "Much to do about nothing." Uh, he thinks Mark is just trying to get more uh, NIL money. But this matchup. I, I'm not going with Kentucky. I know they're favored. They're the home team. They're the ranked team. I'm going with Missouri. Brady Cook's playing great ball. Luther Burden. And I don't trust Devin Leary. He hasn't showed me anything. He's missing passes. Kentucky shot themselves in the foot repeatedly against Georgia. Early on, they moved the ball on Georgia in that game. But they couldn't They couldn't consistently do it. So, I th- I'm going a, lot, a lot what Drinkwitz is doing with Missouri this year, other than, you know, we talked about earlier, that fourth down uh, attempt they had <laughs> instead of – kicking it with three timeouts, but I'm going to go with the, the Missouri Tigers in this one. 
I, I tend to agree. I'm going to agree with you there. That's who I like too. But what in the what in the world was he thinking there? I mean, you, I, I don't know. And that the way that game ended was just so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, because Missouri was, you know, toe for toe, going punch for punch with them, and then all of a sudden it just falls apart. But I don't know why in the world you would not kick the ball with three timeouts with a fourth and 34 in a one score game. I mean, yeah, you might not get it back, but if, if you go for it and don't get it, I mean, you're setting them up right for the driver's seat for another score. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, and Philip, I, you know, I heard uh, Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik talking about this. You know, what's, what are some of these coaches thinking now? You know I mean? Like, you know, like I said, we talked about this before. You drive down the field, 80 yards, 70 yards, it's fourth and two, and you go for it, and you don't get any points. And you lose by three points. You know, it's just – I just don't understand. It's going on in the NFL, too. I mean, I, I these guys are making too much money to be making some of these decisions, in my opinion. And it's always the analytics tell you to do this or do that. What about common sense? Do they need to hire a common sense coach? Hey. You can hire me for about $150,000 a year. I'll come be your common sense coach. I mean, because I, I don't I don't understand. But uh, getting back to the game, Brady Cook is playing really well. You know, like you said, with Burden. I mean, they got some dudes at receiver. Uh, this will probably be a high-scoring game, I would think. Uh, but I, I like Mizzou. And, and, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that loss last week because they were doing so well in the game. And then it just blew up on them in the end. So, it'll be a lot of uh, gut check time for the Missouri Tigers and Kentucky for that matter. But, yeah, hey, and also, to- on the NIL stuff with him saying that, it's true. I mean – yeah. You know, I mean, heck, they're the top program in the country right now. If everybody wants to go there, they got, yeah, they got more money. I mean, like, it, what he said is he's not lying. Mm-mm. It's 1% true. If, I, I, you know, I, it's kind of like you hear any coach complaining about that. Like what Lane Kiffin says. I don't, I don't know use the word complain when they talk about it. Other teams, they're also using it as a way to send a message to their boosters, their donors, their fan base. If we get more, we get the kind of money they have, we can go get the players that they have. You know, it's also that. I don't really take what Mark Stoops said as a shot at Georgia. He's just, he knows he's on a platform at the time. He's talking to his fan base. He said it. I mean, if he was really that upset about it, he would have said it Saturday after the game in the press conference. But, no, he didn't. He chose this moment to say it. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Brady Cook, too, the last thing I'll say on this, his interception streak got uh, ended had two interceptions against uh, LSU last week. We'll see if he can uh, restart that that thing up. So, uh, yeah, so uh, we got some differences in here. Uh, we got some ones we picked the same, so be interesting. I'll have to keep uh, start keeping back up with that again on how we're doing each week. Uh, but, Matt, uh, we kind of crossed over our what we usually do, about 35, 36 minutes. Uh, what, tell us about Field Level Media and what you got going on over there. Yeah, I, the Atlanta Falcons uh... – Washington Commander preview should be up here uh, t- tonight or, yeah, it'll be up there soon. So check that out. Check out all their previews, college football, Major League Baseball, NBA, hockey, golf. They do it all, man. PhilLevelMedia.com. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, that's going to wrap up our, our, our week seven preview. Appreciate everybody checking it out. And, uh, Matt, I will talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. I have to unmute the microphone, Philip. That is uh, my conversation as weekly conversation with Matt Lowe talking all things uh, college football in week seven. Real quick, before we get out of here, we're not going to dive much into this because we're at 40 minutes now on the podcast. Um, Atlanta got beat last night. Once again, uh, they are out. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies beat them three to one. You know, when you look at the Atlanta offense during the during the season, what they did, they scored just eight runs in four games. You do not expect that out of this team. So, and, I, and I've got the question up over on the Philip Jordan Sports Facebook page. Um, what moves, if any, should Atlanta make after losing this series? Again, to the Phillies team, not them out. Same thing last year. So, go over there. Put in your thoughts, what you think, what the Braves should do. And then uh, finally, you know, we don't really talk about NFL on here. That's partially me. Uh, we may start kind of just looking at some of the te- you know, teams in the Southeast, the ones I know people in, in the Wiregrass care about. So on Sunday, get up bright and early on Sunday morning, NFL Network. Baltimore will be at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee needs a big win there. Baltimore's playing solid. Uh, at 12 o'clock on CBS, you'll have the Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons. Then later in the day, or not later in the day at that same time on CBS at 12 o'clock, you'll have Carolina at Miami Bryce Young versus Tua two former Alabama quarterbacks there. Also 12 o'clock you'll have the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. New Orleans is at Houston. You also will have Detroit at Tampa Bay. That'll be the 325 game on Fox. So that's the you know teams down here in the South, the Southeast teams, uh, the two games that we'll get locally, if you're not one that has NFL Sunday ticket, you will be getting at 12 on CBS, the Commanders-Falcons game, and then on Fox, the Texans-New Orleans game. Well, anyways, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of Wiregrass Day in the Sports. Like I said, we'll be back on Monday, recapping the weekend, looking what happened high school football, college football, all that good stuff. I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Follow me on social media at P. Jordan SCC. You know or check out the podcast. Leave five, st- four stars. You're just a straight-up hater. Please leave a review on that podcast, and I will read them on future edition. Go over to wiregrassdailynews.com. And also, email me, sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in on Monday for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.